Welcome to Riders Report, the podcast. Ball game. Strike three call. Forget it. Way out of here. Here are your hosts, Zach Bigley and David Kosadar. Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Riders Report, the podcast. My name is Zach Bigley, joined by David Kosadar, and this is going to be a very fun podcast over the course of the season where we dive into a whole bunch of different issues with the Rough Riders. Today, it's a very special episode to kick things off on the first edition as we welcome Prentice Hill, the founder of BCSG 360. And David, this is obviously a great guest to have for our first podcast, but overall, we're going to have a lot of fun this year. Couldn't agree more. I mean, we're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk just general vibes of of Frisco, what's going on in the world and how it relates to what we're doing. Uh, It's just fun. And and we'll get other interviews like Prentice and, 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 um, you know, the folks in baseball and and just really get a lot of inside scoops on on what they're doing and, and, and what they have to offer and how that impacts us. So it should be a, a very nice, broad overview of what, what's going on with the Rough Riders. And the, the broad overview has extended into 2021 from obviously the ghost that was the 2020 season. And, you know, overall, this has been incredible just to look out in front of us. We're sitting up in the broadcast booth right now to look out in front of us, see baseball getting ready for out in front of us as we're going to have just about a month and a half until we start Riders Baseball once again here at the ballpark. And overall, this has been a very tumultuous year for everybody. And uh, it's been tough for everyone to deal with, but I can assure you, and I know you echo my statements, David, that this has been awesome to see how the front office has come together, especially over the last few weeks and really getting things ready for the season. It's it's coming along. Absolutely. You, know, you hear a term a lot about uh, when, when, when things return to normal and then there's a pause of what, what, what the new normal is, right? And and we don't know what that new normal is right now, but I, I can say the, the this last month is probably the closest things have felt to normal since, since well, this time last year. Uh, you mentioned we're, we're overlooking the field, getting ready to see some college baseball tomorrow. And keep in mind, this is the second time this month we've had live baseball here after a full year of no live baseball. So it, it, it really is nice and encouraging to see these sights and, and sounds that are oh so familiar. And I, I think it's a positive sign that, that the end is in sight of this uh, tumultuous era in history. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly what it is. It's uh, a moment in history that I think we're all tired of being a part of for sure. <laughs> Well, as we go forward here on this podcast, we're going to have a lot of different fun segments. And uh, this first segment that we're going to have, we're going to have a little Theodore Roosevelt trivia. Oh, so let me some Teddy Roosevelt trivia. Yeah, so we're going to test your history knowledge, David, and of course, everybody listening. So how it's going to work is we're going to start with one question. Maybe we go to more. Maybe it becomes popular. Who really knows? Start with one question. And we'll give you the question here in the beginning of the podcast. Stick around to the end of the podcast to hear the answer. Now, for what's worth, I got a three on the AP history exam, and okay. three's, three's passing. Three sounds that sounds like a terrible number, but within context, <laughs> three is passing. So I, I've I've demonstrated passing knowledge of yes. U.S. history when I was in high school. But that so. was like 100 years ago, It was. Right? 101, to be exact. <laughs> exactly. About the time Teddy Roosevelt yes. was president. Yes. All right. So here's the first question for the Teddy Roosevelt tri- trivia. All right. It's multiple choice. So we're not only doing Teddy Roosevelt trivia here, but a little bit of president's trivia for okay. you. Whose death made Roosevelt president of the United States? So who was he the VP of? in order for him to become president for his first term? Was it A, William McKinley? Was it B, William Howard Taft? Was it C, Benjamin Harrison? 
or was it D, Charles W. Fairbanks? Again, William McKinley, William Howard Taft, Benjamin Harrison, or Charles W. Fairbanks? Okay. I'm glad it's multiple choice. Because in the AP exam, it's multiple choice. Yeah. So that, that helps. I mean, I got a three... There, there might have been some guessing that bumped me from a two to a three. So do you want do you want my? I know we're going to reveal the answer again. Do you do you want my my gut instinct? What I think it is off the off the top of my head. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's go with that, and then I won't tell you till the end. Fair of the enough. Podcast. Fair enough. Well, before you even listed the choices, my knee jerk reaction was McKinley. Okay. So I'm going to go with McKinley. I don't believe it's Taft. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with McKinley. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Well, you got to stick around here to the end of the podcast in order to see if the, the three on the AP history test was warranted for Mr. David Kosadar. Well, we have a fun interview guest, as we mentioned before, Prentice Hill of BCSG 360. And this is an awesome interview. Great to talk to him. You mentioned the college baseball tournament that's going to be taking place this weekend that we're really excited for. And this is just an awesome event to hold here at the ballpark. Couldn't agree more. And especially, as I mentioned, this is our second college baseball tournament in, in the mar- month of March. But what's, what's different about this one is is the focus on on the historically black college and universities and the message is driven home. And I think Prentice has a great story, which we're going to hear in a couple minutes about. You know, It's not so much about the baseball, which, yes, that's that's the vehicle or the, the tool uh, being used to drive the message home. But but really how, how the focus of this weekend is, is to connect uh, uh, just young urban students to these universities, get them thinking about college, get them thinking about their careers and, and, and set them up for, for success later on in life and, and really help them build that that uh, that network now while they're young. So I, I think it's a great cause. I'm, I'm glad we're a part of it and, and I'm excited to see what we can do to help grow it. That's right. We take a quick break. When we come back, our interview with BCSG 360's founder, Prentice Hill. Hello and welcome in once again. We are very happy to be joined today by BCSG 360's own Prentice Hill. Well, it's a crazy time, of course, that we live in right now, but we are very happy to have baseball around uh, in some facet. And obviously the Lone Star Classic is going to be a lot of fun here this weekend with the Frisco Rough Riders and of course, a couple different schools with uh, the HBCU program. But first and foremost, Prentice, thanks for for joining us and uh, we're excited for this weekend. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. We're we're happy to be in the great state of Texas where everything is big uh, in the city of Frisco, home of the Rough Riders. And we're excited about the partnership with the Frisco Rough Riders and the Lone Star Diamond Classic and the State Fair Diamond Classic. And we're happy to call uh, those two events home here uh, in the uh, North uh, DFW market. Well, just wanted to start things out with BCSG 360. Can you kind of expand on that and, and what that company is for people who don't know? Oh, absolutely. So BCSG 360 is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our mission is to connect urban youth to historically black colleges and universities through hosting black college sporting events. And so we've been doing black college sporting events since 2014. Uh, specifically uh, Diamond Classics, which are HBCU baseball events uh, since 2015. So this is our fifth year anniversary. We're very excited about that. Uh, But BCSG 360 uh, has a uh, emphasis on connecting their urban youth to the HBCUs. Uh, And so essentially these events are designed to be college and career readiness events at their core. So there's a uh, college admissions and scholarship component Uh, as well as a uh, job fair component that we want to focus on. We want to attract uh, high school students to HBCUs. 
And the idea is those very same students that uh, we support on the front end uh, in that connection with HBCUs with the various resources of successfully matriculating, we catch them on the back end um, and in a market like DFW where there are a lot of corporations uh, headquartered here uh, and based here, it's an opportunity to connect these students with employers uh, that position them to lead uh, great careers in various fields. So. And a lot of people ask us, you know, well, what, what does BCSG stand for? Those letters are derived from uh, Black College Sports uh, Global. Uh, our, our idea is that Black College Sports is a global brand. And our intent is to continue to do these events domestically, but ultimately uh, host events uh, globally as well. When you set out five years ago to, to do this, how have your expectations from that time compared to what you have accomplished to this point five years later? Yeah, that's a great question. We, I, I really haven't had the opportunity to reflect on the success of what we've done because we, we, we feel we have so much more to accomplish. Uh, but I will tell you this on Monday evening, uh, in Jacksonville, I did have a, 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 a brief moment uh, to reflect. Uh, and the teams that were participating played a great game. Um, and it was a competitive game throughout. Uh, and in the bottom of the eighth, um, the home team down, and they hit a grand slam home run to take the lead. And it was like, wow, did this just happen? So in that moment, I was able to kind of understand that we had gone from our first event being played Play. And it was a humble beginning, but we started Rickwood Ballpark, Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, where I played high school baseball and to start our first event there um, and then to, to find ourselves playing in minor league uh, front, uh, ballparks across the country. Uh, it, it says a lot about, you know, our commitment. Uh, it says about, a lot about uh, the brand of baseball that's being played. Uh, it says a lot about the interest and in partners such as the Frisco Rough Riders and other minor league franchises uh, that we have, you know, over the years fostered those relationships. So when you really take time and think about going from a, you know, um, a minor league uh, old relic, uh, but historic facility being Rickwood Field, um, and, and, and being where we are now here in Frisco, Texas, ready to host uh, Black College Baseball uh, in this market. DFW is one of the bigger sports markets in the country. And so I know we're a little fish in a big pond, but uh, we, we, we feel, you know, confident in our ability to establish those same partnerships that we have over the years here in this market. And we feel like we'll be uh, successful in growing this event because of the relationships that we that we have existing and we plan to make in the future. That's awesome, Prentice. You know, we're, we're, of course, excited to have you here this weekend. And, and uh, I, th I think this is going to be uh, there's great room for potential and, and uh, room to grow this. And, and, and we're excited to help you in that process. Uh, going back to the, the mission of, of BCSG 360 and, and connecting urban youth with uh, HBCUs, there's an educational component there, obviously, as you're, you're introducing them and, and um, you want them to learn about uh, what these institutions have to offer. What is something about the historical college and uh, Black College University experience that uh, might not be generally known or, or, or a common theme that, that you find yourself uh, uh, presenting to some of these youth? Uh, that's a great question. Um, personally, 
Um, I uh, attended Tennessee State University, proud graduate of uh, that institution uh, there in Nashville. A lot of rich heritage and, and history and tradition, uh, but attending uh, a university uh, like Tennessee State, historically black college and university. Uh, I mean, college in general is a, a formative time for any any young person. Uh, anytime a parent uh, sends their uh, children off to college, uh, they definitely will not come back the way that they left. Uh, what's unique about an HBCU is, is that it, it, it's a, it forges you. Um, it's not, not an easy uh, college uh, experience. Uh, you're going to be challenged. Uh, the Department of Education um, classifies uh, predominantly Black institutions as low-resource institutions. And so by definition, uh, you don't have uh, a lot of what other institutions have to offer from that standpoint of resources. But uh, what they lack in resources uh they make up for in, in, in pride, in uh, hard work. Uh, as a matter of fact, the motto for Tennessee State is think, work, serve. And so um, a lot of times when I am challenged with the different obstacles in, in hosting these events and building Black College Sports as a brand, you know, I oftentimes reflect on, on those mottos, think, work, serve. Um, and those things... Um, resonate with 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 the alums of those institutions and so we carry that out into the world um, you got hbc alums that are at the forefront of what's going on in america uh, as it relates to politics you have uh vice president kamala harris who graduated from uh, howard university so there are a lot of people that graduated from hbcus that are doing great things um and so uh, pretty much uh, there's there's a myth that, you know, HBCUs don't provide a quality education. But if you look around and pay attention to some movers and shakers in, in each facet or industry uh, of life, uh, you will see that HBCUs are represented there. Prentice Hill of BCSG 360, our guest, and we'll get you out on this. Obviously, the last five years have been incredibly successful for BCSG starting up, but Going forward in the future, where do you want to see BCSG 360 grow and what do you want to see it grow into? Uh, that's a good question because I've been thinking about that here lately um, as we reflected on this five-year anniversary. Um, I can tell you we uh, we had about 20 events slated for this spring. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that COVID uh, kind of... Uh, kind of held us back to some extent because that would have been more work than we had capacity for. But we definitely want to get to a point where we are able to uh, maximize those opportunities in various markets. And we would like to see a, a day where there are 20 diamond classics. But more importantly, we want to leverage these opportunities to create situations where we can stabilize facilities on black college campuses, uh, partner with Major League Baseball so that we could possibly host uh, satellite RBI programs um, because we understand that there's an interest for Major League Baseball uh, to grow the game in urban communities. And we want to be a part of that. Um, and we want to create a situation where uh, though we love playing in uh, state-of-the-art minor league and major league ballparks, we want to see uh, the facilities on Black college campuses enhanced and grow and, uh, and develop, grown and develop, uh, so that uh, 
those programs can facilitate not only the development of student athletes uh, on those campuses, but uh, assist in uh, helping the next generation of not only uh, college baseball players, but major league baseball players and minor league baseball players um, realize their full potential uh, through those uh, facilities. So we have a partnership with Tory Hunter, who is a retired Major League Baseball player. Uh, I'll be remiss if I did not mention the work that he has done in supporting Black college baseball. He is a uh, strong supporter of the State Fair Diamond Classic and the Lone Star Diamond Classic here in Frisco, Texas. Uh, but more importantly, he has uh, helped to build a Black college uh, baseball stadium there in his hometown of Arkansas. Uh, or Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I should say. And talking with Tori and understanding uh, his passion for baseball um, and how he supports uh, growing the game in urban communities, we feel like in the future with those type of relationships um, that we can definitely, you know, uh, reach those goals and objectives uh, in the future. Uh, we just got to continue to chop wood, uh, continue to grow the relationships that we have and leverage others, um, and we'll get there. It won't happen overnight. We'll look up one day and uh, maybe we'll be in Japan hosting a Diamond Classic um, in other parts of the world. Uh, like I say, because Black college sports, we feel like is a global brand, hence BCSG360. Uh, is the name we gave our organization. So next five, 10 years, we hope to be impacting um, the game in urban communities on black college campuses and ultimately abroad, internationally and abroad. He's Prentice Hill of BCSG 360. And uh, Prentice, we're looking forward to this weekend. And thanks, of course, for joining us. Same here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. I look forward to having a great time with you guys this weekend as well. back to the writer's report the podcast as we are rolling along here on our first episode we can't wait to give you great content on this medium over the course of the season and wherever you're listening make sure you like and subscribe on apple podcasts on spotify on soundcloud wherever you may be listening to this here today well as we talked about earlier we're going to dive a little bit into the rangers spring training and look at some former writers and how they're doing and david really you can't start anywhere else than joey gallo he was incredible during his time with the writers in 2015 and 2016 and he has really built himself up as one of the superstars budding in Major League Baseball of course with this incredible 2019 season he's looking to rebound coming off an injury in the second half and then uh, really a down year in 2020 as well and you couldn't ask for a better spring training for him right now as of the time we're recording this he is tied for the Major League lead with five home runs in spring training and he has an over 1200 OPS can't get much better than that but you were lucky enough to be here with the Rough Riders when he was here. What are some of the memories you have of him with the Riders? Well, like I was telling you before we uh, before we hopped on the mic, sometimes you look at players. I mean, Grant, they're all professional baseball players, and they are all uh, you know head and shoulders above the average Joe in terms of their their baseball ability. But there's some guys you look at them, and you just you just say that that's a major league player. You know, there's there's no stats behind it. There there's no metrics. There's no analytics. It's just just that it factor. You you can't really define. You just you just know it when you see it. And that was Joey Gallo. Uh, he had a larger in life presence uh, in the locker room, 
on the field, uh, and I had a handful of uh, uh, times where, where he he helped out with some some promotional stuff for the team, and and just just looking at him is just like, yeah, this this is a man among boys. <laughs> um, and what was really exciting too was just the uh, there there was hype for him coming up. Uh, you know, we we had heard about what he had done in in low A and single A. Uh, if I recall correctly, he had a monster year in Hickory when they were just. Uh, I mean, they were. They were the Hickory Bombers, you can call them. Without the, I believe they set a Sally League record that year for for home runs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he was a major part of that. And what was funny is, is, is in some cases, he wasn't able to set the 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 single season um, high for for different classes and home runs just because he kept getting called up. Yeah, that's exactly the case. So <laughs> um, so in some cases, if he had stayed at one level for an entire season, he would have had you know the the, the single A leader across across all all divisions uh, on high A, low A, and double A. But he just he just got called up so frequently because he's so good, he he couldn't establish that 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 number one mark. So yeah, it was it was fun having him here. It's exciting. To, to see him progress with the Rangers, see him grow and mature as a player, and uh, yeah, anytime he he does does well, it's not only good for the Rangers, it's, it's good for us. Yeah, it certainly is. And you mentioned those massive home run numbers in the minor leagues in 2013 with Hickory. He had 38 home runs in 106 games. That is a ridiculous pace to be on. The next year, he started in Low A Myrtle Beach, now a Cubs affiliate, but they were Ranger affiliate at the time. He had 21 home runs in the first 58 games. Got called up to Frisco. And then he had 21 more home runs here with Frisco and started the season in 2015 and then uh, quickly got moved up to Round Rock where he made his uh, Major League debut the following year. It, it's just crazy to, to look back at those numbers. And, uh, you think about one of the best power hitters to come through Frisco, maybe ever, and you have to imagine if he continues to hit up at the major league level, he is going to be that superstar that you expect him to be. And, of course, uh, his defense has become a huge part of his game as well, winning a gold glove in the outfield after playing pretty much infield for most of his uh, minor league career. He is now a gold glove outfielder up in the big leagues. Uh, elsewhere around the Rangers team, this is uh, – Something that is getting a lot of talk in the Rangers camp is the left side of the infield. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa taking over for Elvis Andrews at shortstop. Kiner-Falefa was pretty good at third base last year. He won a gold glove as the best third baseman in the American League defensively in 2020. And he is now moving over to shortstop in wake of the Elvis Andrews trade over to Oakland. So a lot of question marks as to how that is going to be for him defensively, but he is no stranger to moving positions. He was a catcher when he was here in Frisco and moving up to- through the Rangers organization. Another guy who was a huge part of the Rough Riders when he came through Frisco just a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the the word that comes to mind, uh, it's no surprise that they're they're sliding him over the shortstop in the majors because the word that comes to mind in the minor leagues when he was here was versatility. Uh, you're right. He played catcher. Uh, he he did several infield positions and and there's even a couple of games he he played in the outfield. So I mean, here was a guy that that if there was a hole that needed to be filled, he had he had the tools, the again, the it skills to to just jump in, adapt and 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 perform at at, at a very high level. So, I'm excited for him. He's got big shoes to fill with with, with Elvis, <laughs> but um you know, right now, if, there, if there's a, a player who's who's ready to do it in the, in the Rangers system at, at the major league level, it's it's Isaiah. Yeah, tough to see Elvis Andrews go. Definitely a favorite here around these parts up in Frisco and, of course, down in Arlington as well. There's a lot to look forward to if you're a Ranger fan, if you're a Ryder fan. We don't have any information, of course, as to who's going to be on the team at this point, but there's a lot of talented young guys coming up through the Rangers system that we hope at some point will be here in Frisco, if not this season, maybe next season as well, and a lot of young guys that we hope we'll be talking about on the big league roster coming up soon. 
As we talked about at the top of the podcast, we have a, a trivia question that we want to revisit here as we wind things down on the first Riders Report, the podcast. We asked a Teddy Roosevelt trivia question to David here saying, whose death made Roosevelt the president of the United States? Who was he VP for? Our question, uh, multiple choice, was William McKinley, William Howard Taft, Benjamin Harrison, or Charles W. Fairbanks? David, you said... William McKinley. Said McKinley. And that is correct. All right. William McKinley was assassinated in September of 1901. Roosevelt was sworn in as the nation's 26th president. So there See you that, go. kids? Pay attention in school. Do well on your AP test. <laughs> and someday you'll get the correct answer on a minor league baseball podcast. Wow. Is that a promise? That is, that is a guarantee. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, there you go. That is our first Roosevelt trivia question here on the Writers Report podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to expand this and uh, keep going and diving into Roosevelt's very interesting past. I mean, not only an interesting president, but just a really interesting guy, super energetic and has a lot of great stories that followed him in his presidential wake because there was just a lot to be said about Theodore Roosevelt. Absolutely. When I, uh, Pre-pandemic, I, I made a lot of appearances at particularly middle schools to do career days, and I would open up a little little trivia and, and one of okay. them to see if the kids knew where the name Rough Riders came from. And they didn't, and I'd actually find myself in the middle of a history lesson explaining <laughs> all about San Juan Hill and, and the Bull Moose Party, and, and you know the, the teacher's looking at me thinking, you're supposed to be talking about minor league baseball, and, <laughs> and you're doing my job for me. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting fellow, and there's, there's a lot of uh, his stamp is all over this ballpark. It certainly is, yeah, and we were very happy to have him representing this great franchise here in Frisco. Well, that's going to do it for us in the first edition of Riders Report, the podcast. Very happy to have everyone along wherever you may be listening to this one here today, and we hope that you will join us in the future as well. Again, we're getting set for this season. Coming up May 4th is opening day. We start with a six-game homestand against the Midland Rockhounds, and we hope to see some of you out here in Frisco as well. This is uh, just an absolutely beautiful ballpark, and it's even more gorgeous when we have fans in the stands rooting on their Rough Riders, and we hope that that will take place here in 2021. This has been fun. I can't wait yeah. to kind of explore some some other topics, hopefully talk to some players and coaches and get some insight here this season. Yeah, same. I, I kind of want to do addition two right now, but now I have to wait a little bit, so we'll do that when we get there. All right. Well, we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for joining us here for this first episode of the Writer's Report, the podcast. <laughs>